Shall we have a word of prayer, brothers and sisters? Amen, yes. Lord, we're here to seek you together. Uh, We're even here to seek your face. We pray that you will grant us your countenance, grant us your presence, Lord, and speak to us how we need your word all the time, the living and operative word, oh, the constant and especially the instant word, your rhema word, your present breath. Oh, Lord, breathe into us, Lord Jesus, and grant us the light that we need, the shining that we need, that we may go on with you. Lord Jesus, we pray for your cleansing blood to cleanse us, cover us, Lord, and forgive us of all our sins and trespasses. We pray this morning there really would be nothing between. There can be a free flow and fellowship of communion. Lord, open your heart to us as we open ours to you. Amen. Well, um, I do have a particular burden this morning, and I heard that next week there would also be another meeting like this, except it's for the whole country. Am I correct? Yes, that, that's where, on the schedule. Yes. Where I will probably likely continue uh, this vein of, uh, of uh, fellowship. Um, this morning, I like to talk to you of a uh, concern I have or a burden I have for all these serving ones, yourselves. And that is the possible uh, diminishing of a spirit of pursuit. Or you may say a pursuing spirit. Or maybe you can even say a seeking heart. Uh, the diminishing, shall we say, of a seeking heart and a pursuing spirit. And of course, the object of our seeking and of our pursuit is none other than God himself. And Christ, of course, Paul gave his whole life to pursue Christ. In fact, that Greek word really means to persecute Christ, right? And um, um, I am uh, concerned for us, especially those who serve the Lord, that there comes a time that uh, our serving uh, outwardly may still be there, may still be there, but the inwards seeking and pursuing has already paused or stopped or reduced for one reason or another. And so you get into a condition somewhat like, um, well, both the first and the last epistles of Revelation, you know, the seven churches, the first was what? Ephesus, right? And the last was Laodicea. So in the first, whilst the Lord prays that church's uh, endurance and, uh, 
and works and uh, even their ability to discern the false apostles, etc. Nevertheless, he he said he has one thing against them, and that is they have lost their first love, or rather their best love. The same word as in Luke 15 on the best robe that the father put on the prodigal. So this reveals that possibility of a church, in this case, still active, serving, and uh, doing the good works, um, um, laboring uh, for the Lord. But yet inwardly, they have already left that best love. And we all know that that departure from their best love is the beginning of degradation, as we see in the history of the church. Um, If you interpret these seven epistles, as Watchman taught us to do in a prophetic manner uh, of the church age. Now, that's the first church. The last church there was Laodicea. And with Laodicea, um, uh, the Lord's word is, I have also something against you, um, that I wish you were cold or hot. Hot means boiling. Yeah? But no, you are lukewarm, lukewarm. So I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So here, it does not talk about love. Uh, Of course, love has to be involved uh, in terms of lukewarmness because you have this word in uh, Matthew 24 about in the last days, the end times, uh, lawlessness will prevail and the love of many will grow cold, right? So when you talk about temperature or lukewarmness, surely that would imply there is a drop in the temperature of love towards the Lord. But this morning, my particular burden is not just love, although love is involved and and, uh, integral uh, to this burden. But this morning, I focus on our seeking, indeed our pursuing. I'm concerned that somewhat like uh, 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 Ephesus and somewhat like Laodicea, uh, unbeknownst to us or imperceptibly maybe even or incrementally, we may fall into this same kind of condition when we are still carrying on faithfully uh, with diligence the work of the Lord, you know, whether it is in preaching the gospel, whether it is in shepherding others or other host of other services that we may be involved with. And that is wonderful. And by no means I am despising them or um, putting that down at all, at all. We're here to serve the Lord. That's what we're doing as full timers. But that possibility of losing that 
most important thing, the choicest thing, the chiefest thing, the most important thing there is that God desire of us, that God expects of us, those who serve him because we love him, right? The uh, slave in Exodus, um, why did he decide not to uh, take the way of um, uh, leaving the, uh, the master? There's no other reason except for love. I love, I love my master and I will not go up free. The only reason that he remained in quote unquote slavery was due to love and not duty. And so uh, love, no doubt, is the source of everything, of, of certainly of our service. But again, I like to not focus on that this morning, but on our seeking and our pursuit, oh. our seeking heart and our pursuing spirit. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, talk about love again. Uh, there are, of course, multiple reasons for a Christian who once loved the Lord or even loved the Lord with his or her very best would, uh, over time, lost, lost it or lose it. And, um, the uh, saddest verses of them all, I consider in, in the New Testament, is the one that was attributed to Demas huh? in Second uh, Timothy, who was a real co-worker of the Apostle Paul. And it says, listen, Luke was with me. Luke, stay faithful, the physician uh, brother. But Demas, Demas abandoned me. That's just a very, very sad word. It's a very sad word. Of course, Paul was in prison. Things are not looking good. Persecution abound, uh, and so on. But Demas abandoned me, having loved the present evil age. So I would say this surely is one of the main reason for um, for the cooling of our love towards the Lord. And that is that love being replaced by love of the world. Do not love the world and the things of the world. Because if you do, the love of the Father is not in you. So the world and its things would replace the Father within us as our goal, as the object of worship, uh, of, as our object of service, and certainly the object of our love. The world with all its things, and you, you know that cosmos, that, uh, that satanic cosmos called the world, is still active. Very much so in these days, and I would say today, the main place you can get it, that world, is 
on the internet. Uh, the World Wide Web used to be called. And there you have so many different things. Um, religion, culture, uh, education, industry, commerce, entertainment, um, all this to cause men to lust after these things, um, uh, pleasure, uh, and to pleasure themselves with these things, and even to cause us, Christ believers, to replace our pursuit of God with these other various pursuits. Listen, it's a pursuit. It's a pursuit. Uh, you pursue these things. Um, and even legitimate things that are part, that could be part of this cosmos would be food. Am I right? You know, these necessities, right? Uh, clothing, housing, housing, uh, transportation, what have you. All these are necessary things, legitimate things, but even these things would be woven into this spider web, this worldwide web, to um, uh, to catch us, to captivate us, to usurp us, people of God. And I would even say not just general people of God, but even with some of us who are lovers of the Lord. Lovers of the Lord, um, seekers of Christ, uh, pursuers of him. It can do a number on us over time, this world, to replace that original best love, to make it number two, number three, number four. In the case of demons, Demas may be entirely gone, dropped. It's very, very sad, especially for a serving co-worker or, you know, person uh, involved with, with uh, God's kingdom, involved with um, God's, God's work on the earth to have that kind of ending. Um... um that love that has been replaced by some other kind of love. Now, coming back to the matter of seeking. Um, I didn't do a big, big study, but I did look up some, uh, some verses and such. And, um, uh, uh, first of all, the word seeking. You know, the word seek, huh? just the English word seek. Uh, it means a kind of searching, yeah? You're searching for something. You want to find something, so seek and you will find. So you're there looking for, searching for. Um, uh, uh, you're sweeping the floor to find that coin, am I right? Um, you are, um, you go somewhere, you exert yourself, uh, because you're in search, um, uh, you're exploring, you're looking to discover, you, 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 you want to find something, 
that that is not a uh, passive stance. That is a very very active uh, uh, thing. Then uh, it, it also this uh, seeking means you have a goal. Yeah, you seek after something that something or that some person whatever. Is your is your goal? Is your is your? You have a target. You have a something or some person that you are aiming at. You're aiming at. Uh, we're all aiming at something in our lives. What are we aiming at? It is possible that while in the beginning we were aiming at the Lord, we're aiming at God as our unique uh, object, our unique. Object of pursuit, but after time, we lost. We become blurred. The view become blurred. The vision become blurred, and we start to what aim at something else. That original aim was uh, receded or was become is replaced by some other kind of aim. Another meaning of pursuit um, is. To acquire something, you don't have something you want to acquire. That's why you seek. In other words, you're you want to possess that something. You want to gain that something. So Paul, right? I pursue. I do not count myself to have gained or have uh, have acquired that I have possessed fully this all-inclusive Christ. So he said, I continue to pursue. That that's he said that uh, quite close to the end of his life, while he was in prison. Mature, um, um, contributed immensely to God's economy on the earth. Of course, um, someone who has uh, achieved so much, but in his own sensation, he was still a seeker. He was still a pursuer. He still have not yet arrived. I I just you know contrast that to Demas. Okay, contrast that to Demas for a moment. Th- this is so precious. This is so inspiring to me that he was still pursuing. He never stopped. Paul never stopped. He never diminished. He was still seeking God. He was still seeking after gaining Christ for that kingdom reward. So, brothers and sisters, this is my burden for you. Now, some verses from the uh, uh, from the uh, Old Testament. Um, I would just start to maybe sequentially, and these are I, I won't dwell on them. I just want to kind of read them to you. Um, the uh, uh, first one is uh, let me see in uh, Deuteronomy four uh, four twenty nine. Okay, these are Old Testament uh, verses, but absolutely applicable. Uh, to the New Testament. So 429, and from there, this Moses speaking, you will seek Jehovah your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, again, 
I do not put the emphasis on love. I put the emphasis on seeking and pursuing. And here the word is searching. There's something that God desires of his people, of his elect. And that is they will seek him. They will seek him. That's it. They will seek him. They will search for him. They will, they will, um, um, they will, they will, um, um, set God as their aim. They, they would, they would seek to be close to God. They would seek to know God. They would seek to be one with God. They, they will seek to be, um, joined to his desires. God wants a seeking nation. God wants a seeking people. All right? Um, And the most precious promise there in the Old Testament, it's also in the New, in the Lord's Word, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. If you seek other things, you may not find them, but God promised, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search me with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Dear brothers and sisters, the first thing in our seeking God is an wholehearted seeking wholeheartedly. God will not tolerate a partial seeking, the seeking less than all that we have got. And even we are not happy. That, I think, is one of the meaning of being lukewarm. There's an indifference there. There's not a abandonment to this, uh, to this search. Um, there's a half and half. And that can happen, brothers and sisters, even while we're serving, while we're going on in the church life. Actually, you check your heart. A part of it, it's already gone. It's already faded. At least compared to once upon a time when you were 20 years old, when you were in the full-time training or whatever. It was hot. It was wholehearted. Your consecration is complete. Your desire for the Lord was absolute, but over time, those things waned. Those things diminish. It is very, very possible. Then I would like to read to you um, in the book of Chronicles, of all places, in First Chronicles, Chapter 28 and verse 9. This is a word from David to his son Solomon. Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with your whole heart and with a willing soul. This is about serving God. All the kings, the good kings of Israel should be all serving God. Serving God with all of their heart. 
For Jehovah searches all the hearts and understands every imagination of the thoughts. If you seek him, David speaking to Solomon, if you seek him, he will be found by you. What a promise. What a promise. I can testify, as can many others, I have now been in this path of seeking the Lord for 50-some years, over half a century. And by the Lord's mercy, I'm still pursuing along with you. And, and I can testify absolutely to this word. If you seek him, he will be found by you. All this half century, I can testify, God has been found by me. Christ has been found by me again and again and again, even today. But it takes a seeking spirit to be present, uh, a seeking heart to be present, a pursuing spirit to be operative, You don't sit there. You don't just sit there and Christ will be found. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to rise up to search, to seek daily, moment by moment. But if you do, he will be found. Now, what thing can can compare with finding God for a man? What thing can compare with gaining Christ for a, what, pursuer of his, a lover of his? Nothing. Nothing, brothers and sisters. So I hope as you serve, as you continue to serve the Lord, do not allow that seeking heart to become cold, brothers and sisters. Seek him even more today than ever before. I will tell you, it is that seeking that will even sustain your service. That seeking actually will breathe new life, new energy into your present service. If you say today your service has kind of come to a standstill, that it is uh, somewhat treading water, that it is not so fresh as before, check your seeking. Check your pursuit. The answer is there. It's not just by doing more. It's not just by doing, being, becoming more busy. It's by seeking the Lord. It's by pursuing him. It's by a revival of that heart and spirit that will cause our service even to be renewed and revived as they should be from time to time. Are we secretly seeking something else already? Are we on the side pursuing something, something? I don't know what it is. It could be even a legitimate thing. This internet, all this social media is just there. 
seducing us, calling on us, usurping us in many, many ways. So let me read uh, the next verse, and that would be uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2. Um, um, and it says what? Uh, Jehovah is with you while you are with him. And if you pursue him, if you pursue him, he will be found by you again. It's a repetition of that wonderful promise. There's also a flip side of that promise that was in an earlier verse. I didn't read, but I will read it in this verse. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you back to Demas. Demas abandoned me, really meaning Demas forsook me. If you forsake him, meaning God, He will forsake you. That's also a promise. I have seen dear ones at a certain juncture of their life, even of their service, abandoned the Lord, abandoned the way of the recovery. And somehow, somehow, they are forsaken as well. Brothers and sisters, keep that seeking within you burning, aflamed, alive. Don't let it die. Never, never stop seeking the Lord. You have your whole life ahead of you. You know, when I was at your age, right, in my 20s or 30s, whatever, I did set my heart to serve the Lord and even more so to seek the Lord for, for the rest of my life. That, that's, that's what I'm meant to do. And I also realize and experience that my love, my seeking, my pursuit can grow cold. It can. Uh, it can diminish, it can be reduced. Um, Sometimes it is, you know, a big one is surely the world in all its aspects and facets. But sometimes it could be some other thing. Let's say something happened to me in my life and I become stumbled. I become hurt. And I start blaming God, for example, something like this. And that have immediate effect on my heart towards the Lord, on my trust in him, and on my care for him. I become bitter, right? These things have a way to gain our heart, to usurp our heart. Sometimes we look at others. How come he stopped serving? How come he dropped out? How come he is not going on? Well, maybe I don't have to go on. I don't have to pay the price 
um, <clears throat> maybe I should take a break and enjoy life a little bit. I have those thoughts, especially when I was younger. <clears throat> maybe I should really get on with my career and really do something there. Maybe I should really spend my life mainly to raise up a wonderful, sweet family. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. But these things soon become another goal, another aim. And you soon find that burning is not there anymore. That single-minded pursuit is not there anymore. Brothers and sisters, it can happen to any one of us. That fire need to be tended to. That, that, that love, that seeking, that pursuit. It's just like the fire on the altar. You need to add wood all the time to it to keep it burning. To keep it burning. Uh, so, uh, what else? Okay, I have here uh, Psalms. I, I love I love the Psalms here. Uh, you know these verses, <clears throat> verses uh, twenty four, verse six. These are just all verses on seeking. This is the generation of those who seek him. Those who seek your face, even Jacob. I recall when I was 19, I moved to Los Angeles to jump into the church life. There. That's in Eldon, the famous Eldon Hall. I can never forget this verse. I was with the college age young people. We have our own meeting on Saturday night. And some of us, as young as we were, have to bear some burden with one another to speak something. There were hundreds of us young people. <clears throat> I remember, I can never forget this verse. Almost as a call to an entire generation, young generation. Of course, today they're like my age. Huh? But in those days, we were in our teens and 20s. This is the generation who seek him. I remember <clears throat> praying with the brothers and sisters all the time. Lord, make us that generation. This is in the 60s, late 60s. Lord, make us that generation. Not just one person. Draw me. We will run after you. We will pursue you. Let there be a generation, a young gen, an entire young generation who would rise up to seek you. O oh God of Jacob, to seek your face. Next week, I would, with the, all the other brothers and sisters, I would like to talk especially about seeking his face. Seeking his face. Now, another verse, uh, I would like to read from uh, uh, Psalms is 27.8. You all know this verse. When you say, seek my face, to you, this is 
God speaking to the psalmist, in this case, David. Seek my face, Jehovah said. And then David said to you, my heart. To you, my heart says, your face, O Jehovah, will I seek. See, what God is looking for is some to seek him and to seek his face. That's it. That's it. They just have a seeking heart for nothing else but God, his face. And so Paul's heart, this king, Paul, I mean, uh, David, this great king, responded, his heart responded, I will seek, I will seek. So he was love of God. David, one of the greatest figures in the Old Testament economy of God, right? Um, There will be no Israel as we know it without this King David. Yet he was a most spiritual person, and he sought Jehovah's face. You can read the Psalms and know this. A person who was close to God, a person who was face-to-face with God, a person in an Old Testament sense, who was infused by God with God's heart's desire. So he was called the one later on, I think, in Acts. Um, One who cares for God's heart to build a house for God. You know that. Such is the one. Such is the one. And so uh, let me continue to read uh, uh, another verse, and this would be uh, in Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Again, the same, same promise, same promise. Those who seek me diligently will find me. So I would like to say this. um, Another aspect of seeking the Lord, not just wholeheartedly, but diligently. Diligently. You apply yourself. You exercise. You will always do this in a diligent manner. This is a true seeking heart. No matter what happens, you are still seeking. Every time you pray, every time you read the word, you are seeking him. You're just seeking him. You just have that kind of heart to seek him. Diligently. Diligently. You know, I always uh, promoted that you would read the life studies, right? Whether it takes 10, 20 years read through those life studies. But it's not just a duty. It is a kind of duty because if you don't have a plan, you don't have a schedule, you won't finish. But I hope the driver, the motivator, is not just me telling you to do something, but what a intense seeking heart. That's why you read the life studies. It's not just you have to read it. Or you get a medal for reading it. No, a seeking is driving you to know more about his word, to know more 
about the spiritual things, to know more concerning his heart's desire. So that even when you read those life studies, you are what? Seeking his face. When you read the word, you're coming to him. Everything that we do with God is what? An act of seeking, searching, aiming, possessing him. Now, I want to read uh, two more verses. Uh, uh, well, I jump over First Chronicles 16.11. This is important. Let me go back to that. First uh, Chronicles 16.11. Ooh, where is it? Excuse me. Okay. I think it's First Chronicles. Yeah, right. Seek Jehovah and his strength. Seek his face continually. So I want to add a third word. How do we seek the Lord? Continually. Wholeheartedly. Diligently. And continually. Don't stop. Brothers and sisters, don't stop. You may stop serving full time. Because of the Lord's leading, circumstances. But do not stop seeking. Do not stop seeking. You may get married. You may have children. Don't stop seeking. Brothers, this is the greatest blessing there is. To have Christ. To know God. To gain him. There's nothing, there's nothing more important than that in our lives. You know, you you take care of new ones and students and young people, right? You do. You will know that uh, it is you get someone saved. Then you have to take them to the next level. That is, you have to help them to love the Lord. Am I right? To love God. You, you, to consecrate themselves. You know that, that kind of, what that kind of labor entails, that kind of shepherding. To bring someone just from salvation to a position of consecration and love for the Lord. But I like to tell you, it is even harder to bring someone from a place of love, loving the Lord, to seeking the Lord. There's a difference. I can just say, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord Jesus. It's good. But there's not much seeking within me. There may not be that much seeking within me. Rare it is to find some that truly seek the Lord from the depth of their being and who would order their life, who would align their path to seek the Lord. But we need, this is our work. Even this is our work with our young people, with our new ones, to bring them, to make them the loving seekers of Christ. That's a, a, a 
a description that Brother Lee used often, and I love it. The loving seekers. The loving seekers of the Lord. You know, I think there's one book he gave in the messages he gave in the 90s on the New Jerusalem, the interpretation of the New Jerusalem. And I think in that title, it says something about what? Uh, for his, for the loving seekers. That means if you don't seek, you don't care for New Jerusalem. You don't care for what are the foundation, what are the, uh, the throne, the mountain of gold, the, uh, the, all the furnishings, all the things. Why do you care for those things? But for the seekers of the Lord, they want it. Not just for knowledge, not just for doctrine, not just for interpretation. They are seeking. They they seek. They seek these things. They seek the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Precious, precious is such a seeking heart. All right. Um, then we have this verse in, uh, let me see, in uh, Isaiah. How about that? Isaiah uh, 55, verse 6. Seek Jehovah, famous verse, while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Of course, here um, it is uh, uh, the, the, the prophet here in this famous chapter is talking about come to the waters, you know, to drink and come back to the fountain, Jehovah, so on. So, this uh, seeking, this calling, is to come to the Lord, to drink of Him, to um, to to drink Him. Uh, brother, brothers and sisters, we talk a lot about drinking Jesus, drinking the Lord. You know, we we talk a lot about these things. We tell our uh, the, the young people these things. But brothers, do we pant after God? as the deer, the water brooks, do we really come to God to really drink him with a seeking heart? Or are we just doing it? You know, this, you know we, we drink Jesus. We're, we have to pray, read some verses. We have to uh, have a prayer, call on the Lord a little bit. Brother, brother, or is there a deep and intense seeking? Uh, okay, Jeremiah, uh, this is the last of these Old Testament verses, uh, Jeremiah 29 and uh, verse 13. Uh, I have about 10 minutes. Uh, this prophet, huh? Uh, we recently studied him. He said, then you will, <clears throat> you know, this is again, He was there talking about the 70 years of captivity, you know, Jeremiah, his famous prophecy uh, that the Lord will bring them back to Jerusalem, to the land. And um, um, then he said, then you will, Israel, you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13, and you will seek me and find me. 
and you will search more for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares Jehovah. Again and again, Jehovah said that. He just wanted his people to seek him, to seek after him, to search for him with all of their heart. All right, now, um, the, the, um, the last thing I will say this morning is actually to, uh, um, of course, I, I don't need to <clears throat> go through these verses in, in, uh, in, uh, Philippians about Paul pursuing, you know, in chapter three, uh, verses, uh, 12 and 14 or something. I, let me double check here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that is on pursuing, not just on seeking, on pursuing him. Uh, chapter three. Yeah. Verses. Uh, yeah. He used the word pursue in verse 12. But I pursue that I may lay hold of that for which I also have been laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Verse 14. I pursue toward the goal for the prize. An old apostle still pursuing, still driven. Um, then you, of course, have these verses like First uh, Timothy chapter 6, uh, verse 11 to Timothy. But you, O man of God, flee these things, you know, the negative, the bad things, and pursue, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and meekness, all these spiritual virtues that are embodied in Christ. It's really Christ becoming all these things in our lives. Flee those other things and pursue. Set your heart. Put on the blinders and pursue these things. Then, of course, famously, for all of us who work with the young people, uh, chapter 2, verse 22 of Second Timothy, flee youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace <clears throat> with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, I want to end actually with just one verse of the Lord in Matthew chapter 7 as part of the, his, the kingdom constitution. <clears throat> He had just mentioned in chapter 6, verse 33, this verse, but seek first, you know. It says the Gentiles, they're anxious, seeking all kinds of things, what they eat, how will they be clothed, and all of that. But you, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And in, in chapter 7, he continued uh, on, you know, certain principles of the us, how we should live, the kingdom people, how we should deal with others. Then almost like all of a sudden, he added this passage that started with this verse, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives 
and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Goes on, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in the heavens give good things to those who ask him? So here is a kind of New Testament promise of these verses I just read in the Old Testament. Seek and you will find. But what exactly are we asking here or seeking here or knocking here? What was the Lord talking about? Well, you have to read this passage with the context. The context here is about the kingdom, all things that relates to the kingdom, all things that related to the reality of the kingdom today. For this kingdom and its righteousness, we are told that we have to seek it. We have to seek them. In fact, three degrees of seeking. One is ask. The second is seek. And the third one is knock. Now, I don't have the time, but dear brothers and sisters, if we are to be a kingdom people, if we want to gain the reality of the kingdom of heavens, if we are here to really keep the new laws of the kingdom, And the only way we can keep that is to live Christ and his righteousness. If we want to enter into this narrow gate that leads to eternal life, all these things, all these things, yeah? If we anticipate to participate in the manifestation of the kingdom of heavens, when the Lord Jesus return. Today, we need to ask, seek, and knock. And my main point here with these three degrees, and I just read from Brother Lee footnote 7-1, first ask, then seek, and last, knock. To ask is to pray in a common way. To seek is to supplicate in a specific way. And to knock is to demand in the most intimate and the most earnest way. I like to tell you in my experience, there are these three degrees. And just asking sometimes do not work. There's still a shade of complacency and indifference when I just ask. So I asked William Lay for something. I give him a phone call and say, hey, Will, Will, would you please do this for me? That's asking. It's, But then I become more desperate. I show up at his house. <laughs> and I say, at the door, I say, I say, Will, you got to help me. Um, this is a kind of petitioning. This is a kind of supplicating. This is, you know what I mean. I, 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 I'm earn, I'm more, much more earnest now, much more specific now, right? And he still says no. Okay, let's say he still says no. 
Then I go to the third one. You know what I will do? I'll fall on my knees. I will grab him. I will put my head on his heart. I won't let him go. I'll start crying. I'll start screaming. I'll, I'll, I'll get the neighbor's attention. What is going on here? And say, I will say, William, you must do this for me or I die. I will not leave. Now that's knocking. Brothers and sisters, this attitude of seeking makes a difference. And so I would like to use this word not just to seek him wholeheartedly, continually, diligently, but may I urge add a last word. What is that word? Earnestly or intensely. In my experience, certain seeking that I have for the Lord, for an answer from him, for something from him, the asking doesn't work. And sometimes even the seeking does not quite work. Eventually, I have to knock. I have to knock. I have to be desperate. I have to just not let the Lord go. I held him and would not let go. Am I right? I must have it. I tell the Lord, Lord, I must have it. Give it to me. I want it. And of course, I'm... I'm not asking for a race here or a new car here, right? I'm asking for something of the kingdom. I'm asking something of his righteousness, something I cannot get through in, something that I must gain. And it pleased God that I have that attitude. And when I am like this, I tell you, that gate was oftentimes open to me. The answer comes. And the blessing follows. What I would not have otherwise gained in a kind of a half-hearted manner, I gain because of the intensity of my pursuit. And that's why Paul used the word pursue, meaning persecute. He's going to chase after the Lord until he gets it. That's Paul's attitude. I wish I end my talk this morning Brothers and sisters, as full-timers, you will be all the loving seekers and pursuers of the Lord more than ever. Not just the same as some years ago, but much more than ever. Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord in this kind of a way. With this, I'll tell you, there will be a revival There will be a new renewal in our own lives, in our service, even in the church life. Let us seek him and pursue him. Amen.